to provide, you know, shelter or uh, if it comes to that. I mean, but so far what we've heard is that most of our, our families who have been evacuated have somewhere to go. So praise God for that. But that's been, yeah. that's been uh, what's been on my mind since last night. And uh, it's hard to think about the Dodgers tonight, uh, you know, with, with the fires going on, but, but I, I, I hope the Dodgers win the series tonight. So yeah. that's what's been yeah. on my mind. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, FCBC, we did send out an email to our members, the, those that are affected by the fires. So um, you can always reach out to our pastors if you need any more info. Uh, but Pastor Hanley, today, what I wanted to talk to you about is the upcoming elections. So we're a week <laughs> away from the 2020 presidential election. Mm. How do you feel? How do you feel? What, what's going on in your mind? You know, I, I think like everybody, everyone, there's a little bit of uh, angst. There's a little bit of anxiety. There's a little bit of like, I would just like to get this over with and I want to see who wins <laughs> so that we can begin to point people towards Christ and, right, uh, right. and, and begin to, you know, unify uh the church and, and Christians abroad and uh, just kind of kind of rebuild because I, I believe that uh, evangelical Christians are polarized right now. There's polar, there's 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 a divide even among evangelicals uh, for some time. So so my hope is that it would just be over and that we can move on. Yeah. Um, You've been sort of talking about it from the pulpit and, uh, you know, you didn't do any um what walnut commentary devotionals yet on this how come you haven't done any walnut commentary devotionals is it because you've been speaking about it from the pulpit yeah i mean when it when it comes to you know politics or or how to think with political clarity and, and to see things through a christ-centered worldview you know a, a lot of my my thoughts if you will are, are shared through conversations with our church members people who really have questions people who really want to engage and we can talk off the pulpit and, and we can really engage on the issues and, and to think really clearly about it and even go back and forth and really respect each other's opinions. Um, and I just felt like that there were so many questions, there, there's so much, there's so many different videos and, and, and different, uh, different YouTube clips being sent around, sound bites, if you will, articles being written and put out, uh, that that's really what's on the mind of, of a lot of people nowadays. You know, it's just, just the left or the right, or should should Christians be voting a certain way, one way or the other, uh, and, and that's a lot of the conversation. And something about you know me thinking about okay, the more than Sunday devotional theme. I mean that's what we're on. Yeah. I, I just felt like I'd be recording something, and it wouldn't be speaking to the heart of what people are struggling through or working through. Right. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, I care a lot that. Uh, about how you think, you know, emotionally, uh, how you think and feel about things. Um, and if politics or political clarity or societal issues are what's on your mind, then I, I love to have those conversations. I just didn't think that the pulpit was the best uh, platform to really have meaningful engagement. And, and I don't think a, a didactic devotional would have done it either. So um, yeah, I did a few sermons. I laid it out there. I think just what a Christ-centered uh, approach to, you know, some of the issues that, that we face, you know, I, I put that out there. But, but that's why I kind of felt like let's, let's go on pause 
And um, my devotions are usually basically what we do during the Wednesday night prayer meetings. I, I take that devotional, then I record it the next day. Uh, and during our Wednesday night prayer meetings, instead, we've been praying for our nation. We've been praying for this, this upcoming election and everything that's going on. So that's, that's how we've been spending our time. Yeah, and you know, I appreciate um, the time that you do dedicate to talking to me. And I think that's what we can use this podcast for right now, at least, is to have somewhat of a little bit more of a conversation in terms of uh, politics. And Pastor Hanley, I wanna ask you something. Are you, are you scared? Are you scared and should I be scared about the outcome of this election? I, I think we should be prayerfully concerned, like reasonably, uh, but I don't think we should be, we should panic. Okay. Um, I, I, what I see in evangelicalism is uh, are uh, Christians having an existential crisis. Okay. So you have people on the religious right who are are saying, okay, if 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 the left take over, um, then we're going to lose all religious freedom, and you know the moral decline of America is just going to be accelerated, and um, and everything is going to go to hell. If you know, forgive me for my French, but I think that's sure. that's why that's why they feel so upset, angry, anxious, afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, on Christians are more progressive, if you will. Um, you see that okay, man. You know we need to get rid of this current administration. Things need to change, and then we can rebuild again. Or then you know we'll actually care about justice and things in society. And so you see a certain type of response there, where sometimes there's anger, sometimes there's disappointment, and people are afraid, right? And and in that sense, it's like your existence depends on who sits in the Oval Office or your existence your existential comfort, your, uh, your existence in terms of your quality of life as a Christian, it, it's almost like it's, it depends on who sits in, in the Supreme Court or, or, or the political sphere. And I just think as Christians, you know, Jesus is our chief shepherd. It doesn't matter who sits in the Oval Office. You know, uh, in, in the book of Daniel, it talks about God is the one who raises up and, and kings and, and he overthrows them and he allows them to fall. And, and, Throughout human history, you know, God has raised up different leaders during different seasons to accomplish mm-hmm. his purpose. Um, he's punished evil. He's, he's allowed the church to be persecuted. I mean, you just kind of see that, that God is still sitting on his throne. Christ is still on his throne. And at the end of the day, you know, if we believe that we're in the last days, like Jesus told us, uh, then Jesus told us that persecution is going to come, that there's going to be tribulation, that t- there's going to be difficult times. And so the moral decline of society, uh, progressive, progressive movement towards the left, I mean, uh, all of this, I mean, we should be prayerfully concerned, but I don't think it should, it should cause us to, like I said, you know, have a, a crisis emotionally or mentally. So I don't I think we should be afraid in that sense. No, I you see. shouldn't be afraid. Okay. Um, now, I should vote though, right? Like I shouldn't just be like, okay, well, whatever happens, it's gonna happen. So just let it play out. Like I should, I should vote. I should care very you should care. about who I vote for, care. right? I mean, I, I just want to make sure I'm hearing you right on this. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, there there are there are some non-negotiable issues mm-hmm. um, that come with with certain candidates and their platform. Uh, and I think 
you know, these, these issues should be non-negotiable. I talked about it on the pulpit and, and that should guide us to vote. Um, you know, and I think we should vote our conscience. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, if, if something, okay, I want to, I want to play out some different scenarios here. Okay. Like what, what should we expect if Trump wins? What should we expect if Biden wins? Now you already said I shouldn't be you know, like overly scared or anything, but I mean, should I brace myself for something? Like you said, persecution maybe? Like, what? Well, well, how do you see this playing out? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously I'm not a prophet, right? So <laughs> you could so, be. <laughs> uh, like, like, so I would say like, I, I, I don't know, but, but here's, here's what I think, okay? Okay. If, if Trump wins, you know, there's gonna be a lot of conservative Christians that will be happy, but the nation will still be polarized you'll have a lot of angry people. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll probably have some, you know, continual protest. Um, and you'll see the same polarization on social media. You'll see evangelicalism still polarized, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and so I, I, I think in that sense, the goal for the Christian leader in churches is still to unify around Christ. It's still mm -hmm. to point people towards Christ and to remember that, that we worship Jesus and not any political party. Um, and, and I think if, if Trump wins as, as Christians, we do need to be honest and say, okay, look, there's a lot of things that he says. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about his past. I'm, I'm not talking about his policies. I'm talking about things that he puts on Twitter himself, that yeah. as a Christian, even if you, if you support his policies, you could honestly say, okay, that that's, that's not our preference. Right. Right. And right, right. Goes there, it, it may not be what you know, Jesus would declare as a, as a peacemaker. It's not, it's not, <laughs> okay. not of yeah. that type of civility, right? Peacemaking, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's creating conflict. It's, yeah. it's rallying people up, right? And I'm, again, yeah. I'm not talking about what CNN says about him. I'm mm. talking about what's, what comes out of his mouth. And sure. I think if, if, as Christians, if we can just be honest and recognize that, I mean, I'm talking for those people who will be very happy if Trump wins, uh -huh. then I think we just need to be sober and say, okay, look, there are some things that are going to happen, which means, yeah, there'll be a, little more religious freedom but how long will that last for you know and and, and, and even even issues like uh, abortion which i think we care a lot about the sanctity of life i mean a lot of that does still determine on what happens at the state and local level right at the state level so even though we do have a conservative uh, supreme court right now i mean we can count that as god's common grace and and, and a blessing um, what do you think is going to happen four years from now? So if Trump yeah. wins mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you're like the, from the religious right, evangelical block, conservative block, like what do you think is going to happen four years from now? Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. um, the progressive movement is still going to be there. Uh, the yeah. agenda of the liberals are still going to be there mm -hmm. and it's going to probably come even stronger, right? So and we live in California. <laughs> yeah, we live in California. So, so again, I'm, I'm not saying our vote doesn't matter. We need to vote, but I don't think that we place all of our eggs into who sits in the Oval Office or who sits in the Supreme Court. I think all of our eggs are should be in the church mm -hmm. when the church sees mm -hmm. the church, you know, in alliance with Scripture and the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, and you asked me if I don't know if you want to follow up on that or if you want me to to kind of kind of speak on what might happen if Biden wins. Yeah, let's go to let's go to Biden. Let's say what happens. What what do we have to look forward to? <laughs> you know, I, I if Biden wins, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. I really okay. don't. Um okay. I 
I, I and again, I'm not a prophet, right? And so, so any of you who like who know me, you know that I'm already socially conservative. But but like I said in my preaching, you know, we need to care about issues like caring for the poor or justice as defined as peacemaking, civility, and all that. Um, just as much as we care about sanctity of life and holy sexuality, right? Like we need to care about all the things that the Bible that God cares about that are near and dear to the heart of God. Um, but, but, but if Biden wins, you're still going to have the progressive agenda. You're still going to have an agenda that's pushing, uh, for less education, freedom, um, the LGBTQ agenda is still going to be there. Um, and in certain, certain states and in certain places, there's still going to be uh, forms of censorship. And if you want to call it soft perse persecution, then soft persecution. So at the end of the day, I, I think the church uh, needs to continue to be the church. Um, mm -hmm. I think, though, that it will reveal some things. I mean, when you can't blame Trump anymore. So, so let's just say that Biden becomes president. Yeah. He's much more, I'm not talking about what, what like all the accusations are made against him, like, like all of that. I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking to that. I'm just saying sure. him publicly, right? Okay. Like okay. How, he, how he presents himself. Mm -hmm. uh, just, it, it's just, he's more chill, if you right. will. Right. And uh, he's not as polarizing. Um, and I, I think, I think at the end of the day, like, let's just say that Trump's no longer in office, then who are people going to blame when there's still racism mm -hmm. and there's still mm -hmm. sin? Mm, and there's mm, still mm. issues in society right? yeah, and people yeah, yeah. are still mad at each other um, right. who are we going to blame right there's right. still COVID-19 <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. who are you going to blame right and so I think just just people need to take a chill pill and, and realize <laughs> that you know if, if if Biden wins that's not the answer and they're going to realize that like like yeah you know it'll help to if Biden you know is just more calm and more unifying um and <laughs> You know, but 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 uh, but I, I I think that this time, you know, what Al Mohler talks about a lot, Wayne Dudem mm -hmm. writes around, writes yeah. about. I, I think a lot of evangelicals see 2020 that this is like a last stand, if you will, mm. <laughs> okay. for things like freedom of speech, for for a historical, grammatical, literal interpretation of words mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. meaning and contracts and co the Constitution, mm -hmm. and so so I I think that those who are progressively evangelical, I think that some reality will come out when you remove Trump, when you remove right. this really loud polarizing guy uh, yeah. that's that's not likable, right? Then, yeah. then it, it, you're back to the issues and you're gonna see that the answer is still the gospel. And I hope that, I hope that more of the younger evangelicals will see that we need God willing, through common grace, we need individuals and policies that will protect the church to be the church and to preach mm -hmm. the gospel. If okay. we truly believe that Biden and Trump are not the answer mm -hmm. and that the Supreme Court is not the answer to mm -hmm. problems of sin, and if we believe that the hope for a model community that cares for the poor, cares for sanctity of life, cares mm -hmm. for holy sexuality, and cares for biblical justice if we if we if we see that that happens in the church and if we see that the gospel is the answer then don't we need the church even though religious freedom is not promised in the bible but if it's given to us 
don't we need the church to be able to be the church without censorship and the gospel to be proclaimed freely? And so, so, so I, I think if we can understand <laughs> that, then, then, then we, we understand what's at stake, you know? Yeah. So I, I think at the end of the day, that's where I stand. I'm voting yeah. the church. I'm not voting for the <laughs> Democrat, I'm voting the church. And I'm voting now, for the gospel. So to be fair, you're saying that Jesus is king. We need to look to Jesus. Um, you're saying that there is a lot of things at stake in this election. So we should vote wisely. Uh, we should vote. Um, and you're saying that whatever the outcome is, the answer is still going to be Jesus. Uh, is that a fair oh, representation of your, of your thoughts? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I, I, I think that a persecuted church is, will be a more mature church. It'll be a more pure church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there is censorship, um, you know, the, the weight of preaching the gospel becomes that much weightier, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, the yeah. role of shepherding uh, and right. discipleship is, it will be more centralized, you know, yeah, and less yeah. of a big church program. Thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I mean, I already feel the weight of Sundays just being a little bit more like important. I mean, they were always more important, right? But I feel that now even more so because we know that we have to jump through all these hoops in order to meet. We know that there's a period of time where we weren't meeting at all physically. It was only online. There is weight in coming together on Sundays. And I can anticipate in the future, you know, no matter what happens in this election, it's just going to, you know, there's going to be more emphasis on, on that, which I believe is what you're talking about. Now, yeah. Pastor Hanley, how are we going to deal with the members in our church, uh, you know, myself included, right? We have different political views and things are going to be charged a little bit on the outcome of this election. How do you see yourself shepherding people apart from, you know, preaching the gospel on, on the pulpit, which is what you're always going to do? Like, how do you, how do you anticipate just trying to look at church members and, you know, reconciliation, things like that? I I I mean, I mean, so, so, so first of all, you know, um, I believe it's the local church that ordains their elders and their pastors, right? Okay. Okay. Um, so, you, so you might be ordained by a, by a, by a presbytery or a denomination, but it's your local church that affirms your qualifications, your calling. And so I look at it as FCBC Walnut has called me to be one of their pastors okay. and one of their shepherds. And okay. so I'm thinking specifically of our people and our older sure. generation tends yeah. to be more conservative. Uh, they tend to lean to the right politically, and they, they tend to see Christianity through that conservative evangelical lens. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, because they're older, I understand that it's that me shepherding them is not really trying to convince them of things, you know, uh, unless they're being ungodly or unbiblical. Or unchristic, <laughs> right, 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 right. It's not, I'm not really trying to change their political views. Right. Okay. Um, and so when they're concerned, when they're worried, when they're looking at their children, their grandchildren, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think my role is to sit next to them as a shepherd and listen to them. Okay. You know, you know they've lived through life. Uh, some of them have lived in multiple countries. They've seen, they've seen things change. Right. You know, they they might have been hippies at one point. You know? <laughs> and, and, and they've seen the world change, and they've seen politics shift. Uh, they, some of them have, have grown up under socialism and then come, come under capitalism, et cetera. Um, I, I think my role as a pastor to shepherd them is just to listen to them, hear them out, 
hear mm-hmm. them out and, and be there, be the pastor that walks alongside of them. Mm-hmm. Then I think there's young families and young adults. And my role is to respect any opinion that differs. I think, you know, I'm not talking about tolerance, right? Where you just tolerate anything, but, <laughs> but, but to be able to say, okay, you know, let's respectfully uh, l- let me know what you think. And then to try to share a Christ-centered worldview. I-, I really feel like when I talk to young families, young adults, collegians, that they're really wanting to learn, right? They're really asking the question, Hanley, how do I think through this issue of immigration? How do I think Christ-centered about uh, things like pro-life, sanctity of life? How do I think about the poor? Uh, what is justice? You know, how do I think through it? Uh, I think when I'm having that conversation with young adults and, and collegians, my job then is to tell them, look, stop listening to social media. Don't mm. listen to, to, the, to the junk from the right or the left and sound bites. Stop mm. shaping your worldview with sound bites and shape it with sound doctrine. And let's talk and, and let's really study together and learn together. Um, and, and I think for, for the very young generation, I, I think we have others, you know, I'll still help, but, but I think it's more than just me, right? It's our entire pastoral staff speaking to whoever we're shepherding. Uh, so Kevin with the youth, you know, Katie with the children and the families, Pastor Terrence with, with all of the families and a lot of our ministries overlap. And, and I think it's just shepherding our, our people based on their life stage and, and the questions that they're asking. Yeah. Um, and, and really that's, that's, that's what we're going to do. And, and for each generation, just to point them back to the chief shepherd. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's something that, um, that we've seen throughout the years being a, like, I guess, what multi-generational family type of church where you see, um, you know, different views from the generations. Right. Um, but you, you can see them connecting, uh, together despite the differences, uh, not just politically, but, you know, in anything else and, um, pushing towards the gospel, which is obviously, uh, the race that we're running and that we're, uh, we're trying to, to reach the goal. Um, so Pastor Hanley, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to beat this political uh, horse too much, but um, I guess, I guess I'll ask you, um, I guess I'll ask you one more. And um, I guess I want to ask you, like, do you, do you think that in your lifetime, in our lifetime, in, in my, in your lifetime, that we're going to see like hardcore persecution of Christians? And I'm not talking about like, I'm not talking about just like, you know, like, okay, there's going to be laws in place, which, which, you know, some could consider persecution. I'm talking about, they're going to throw us in jail. They're going to beat us up because of our beliefs or, you know, like we're going to meet and they're going to say, no, you cannot meet. If you meet, we're going to throw you in jail. We're going to rip you apart from your families, that type of stuff. Honestly, um, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't not a profit, you know, uh, you know, but I, I mean, I want to say, and, and I, I think this is why I don't think conservative Christians should put all of our eggs in this election. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think in the next 20 years in America mm-hmm. that we would lose all our religious freedom in that way. Okay. What I what I do see is big tech censorship. I'm not talking about conspiracy theory. I'm talking about, yeah, if you say certain things regarding biblical values, 
you can be censored. You could just simply be have your content removed. I mean, that already happens, right? right. If, it, if right. it causes conflict, if right. people are offended by what you say. So, so I, can, I can see that if we were in a COVID situation ongoing and if we were uh, you know, trying to broadcast your sermons or, or even if you're back live, but you're trying to do online ministry, I can see the certain platforms would say, you know, maybe we don't give that to you. I can I can see the progressive um, agenda. I'm talking about the non-Christian agenda, right? Moving hard and heavy, uh, and just and, and just using policy and using using the courts to begin to take away 5013C if we are unwilling to give in to societal pressures. And I can see that 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 it, that maybe in the next 20 years, you know, you'll have some churches. Uh, lose 5013c where we would be calling people to give offering mm -hmm, just to mm -hmm. give offering and they don't get right. the tax benefit uh and and i can see that happening i can see that happening in our lifetime but to but to but to have uh, have pastors thrown in prison for preaching the gospel um one in the state of california they don't have enough money to do that <laughs> to keep us in prison i mean they're, yeah. they're, they're letting people go who should be in jail right, right i mean they right. need a slap on the oh. wrist for breaking into oh. someone's house you know yeah. just just yeah. don't steal a certain amount of money so really oh. you know i fine yes yes you know yes you know like mm. like like you're not supposed to be gathering and you gather um let's just say it's not covid and for some reason you're not supposed to be gathering that type of persecution whatever i don't know what it would be like you yeah. know but um you're, you gather, yeah, they want money, okay, so they'll, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll put a fine on you, but taking you in jail, uh, putting you in jail, probably not in California, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't know what it'll be when, when our, when it's like our grandchildren are leading the church, you know, but. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want to just ask you those things, you know, because I like being prepared, I like seeing how we should be training up our own children, you know, what to expect, um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not too morbid. I'm not too, <laughs> too um, scared of that stuff, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I want to end on a more positive note, I think. And that is that on Sunday, we had our first outdoor baptism in what these like bathtub type of things, these like troughs, feeding troughs, troughs feeding troughs. troughs. So I want to ask you um, if that's what we're going to be expecting moving forward. Um, and how was it for you? Was it weird? Because you weren't inside the baptismal pool. You know, you were like outside, I believe, right? Yeah, I was I was sitting on a chair and and these are these huge metal uh, feeding troughs that you can get at Home Depot or mm -hmm. Ace Hardware or wherever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we fill it up with water um, and then we put some uh, hot water in, mix some hot water in there. So it's it's warm or just so it's not cold. And we have the candidates sitting down on their butts already, you know, so because if, if they're standing up, I mean, you, it's just, it's hard to bring them, you know, immerse them to bring them down. So they're sitting up and all it takes is you just bring their head and their shoulders, you know, down and back up. Right. So I, I, I don't think immersion. it wasn't hard. Right. You know, it wasn't hard. Uh, and I, I, I think that, I think this is the way we're going to go until we can go back indoors and use the real tub. Um, you know, if you guys don't know, you know, we're, we're scheduled to do uh, one or two baptisms every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and this way we're baptizing more frequently and we're basically finishing up the baptism candidates that we weren't able to baptize last Easter. 
right? And so, we'll, and then eventually we'll have another round of, of, of baptisms and, and membership transfers. And so uh, I think we'll continue this. I think even after we're able to go inside um, until a vaccine in this pre-vaccine phase, I, I think you'd still be limited to, uh, you know, one or two candidates, right? I mean, so if you're using right, that, right. Tub, basically we need to change the water every single time. Right, right. It. Right. So, so I think this is the way to go, I think, right now. We'll see how it goes when the weather changes. It gets really cold. You know, mm -hmm. we'll, well, you know, Pastor Hanley, it's good to hear and it's good to see and, in part, and participate um, with these baptisms. And so, um, you know, a week before the election, we're still baptizing. And, uh, you know, a week after the election, we'll still be baptizing too. Uh, making disciples and the work of the church and the gospel of Jesus Christ does not stop. And so um, thank you for for your work of the ministry. And uh, thanks for taking this call with me. Of course, it's always fun. <laughs> God willing, I'll see you on the other side of the election, man. We'll do this again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Bye, man.